1: All right, welcome in, guys. Josue Pavone at the Garden, Bobby Manning, doing Bobby Manning things. And I am here, done watching the Patriots game, because (laughs) why? Father, I have jumped on the Celtics bandwagon. Um, (laughs) Welcome aboard. That's
0: that's crazy that that ended up being the fun game tonight. Oh, my
1: God. So, I'll let you guys take this away. I've been watching as well, but, like, um, I mean, you know, good to hold off the Bulls they were short um this was almost a loss but they made clutch plays in the fourth late played good defense in the fourth late which is something you can't say of a lot of other games that they've had this year so they didn't wilt it, this was kind yeah. of the opposite they let it slip <clears throat> away from them a little bit right. but they made the plays late so you got to give them credit for that that was big that, that was the big way big the way they closed it
2: Yeah, you know, I think you just nailed it, John. You know, for Celtics fans out there, I mean, this is progress. It doesn't feel like it. I'm sure it doesn't because you're like, oh, deja vu. Here we go in that fourth quarter. But at least if you compare this win to the others, it was one of the biggest things that I took away from it was that they didn't have to play uphill, you know. Sure, the Bulls hung around. You know, sure, it wasn't comfortable throughout. It was essentially the entire game. But the Celtics stayed ahead. And if not, you know, they were – yeah, they lost the lead for a little bit there in the second half but then they came right back and it, you know, it, it teetered back and forth but they they grind this one out. You know, right. they fought for this one in that fourth quarter, you know. Right.
1: What it had the making it. it had the makings of a really of a game that was going to piss you yeah, off, you, right? You, you yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's why I felt like the deja Bulls vu. Are down, the Bulls right. are down a ton of players and this is a game you should have handily and um and you 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 know you're down six you know late in the fourth and you're like uh oh you know and again oh that almost slipped away here for a team that should not have hung with you tonight so this right. was trending towards one of those get on the you know get on the post game and start screaming about what's wrong how could they lose to this team so they won it. So good, they won it. Great, you know, with plays from multiple people. Jason Tatum defense, Tatum was great with the blocks. Uh, Dennis Schroeder making a nice pass. That's not how Schroeder he was the awesome players. down. Yes, yeah, hold
0: stretch. on, Bobby.
1: That that left-handed, on. layup. That's how we keep up,
2: Bobby. Nice and you know, just keep it going here.
1: <laughs> Rob Williams making four free throws. You know, oh, like a lot, huge. I mean, like that well, that's what I mean is all exactly, like, John.
2: Right. Like that's the kind yeah. of experience that these guys need, especially someone like Robert Williams. Something that's a huge right. Spot. That's a yeah, we start, start with like, Rob four, for four, pressure free throws, and then you know to, to pull it out. I, I think again, it's it's something that uh, that experience they, they're going to need. That you know these these five in particular. I mean, maybe not uh, Schroeder, but you know, big picture wise, I think you know those those four guys and Williams, Tatum, Brown. You know, yeah. they, they need to go through these sort of uh, the, these stretches. You know, down the stretch where they need to come up with socks. You know, that was the one thing I was thinking to myself like. I didn't think that they would be able to pull it out because I was like, they haven't been able to put together one, two, three stops in a row. And that's exactly what they did in that fourth quarter.
0: I want to get to some of the gripes from this game, but let's start it off positive because it's a win. Rob, Rob was four straight free throws late. He, he was, what, 68% from the line coming into this one. Not a guy I've had a ton of confidence in that spot. Over the last couple of years here, I think he's officially now 60, or no, that was his first year, 66% on the season. I don't know if that's updated from tonight. Probably not. Um, but huge spot. Just a ginormous pressure situation where this team and him in some regard too haven't been great. And he was just right down the middle in those spots. The first two kind of bounced around. The second two for the win essentially there were just right through. Uh, So he has certainly improved that. You've always liked the shooting stroke that he has, John, so there's certainly potential for him to be a better free throw shooter than he has been. Uh, But overall, his whole game, high post, inverted sets, uh, giving goes with Brown. We're talking, let's say, two weeks of his best play Of his career like the longest stretch of consistent awesome play from rob ever
1: right like it's funny like rob like i'm i you know you know i love my analogies but like i made the neo one where like he's still discovering he's the one and he doesn't know and like he's got all these (laughs) tools he can unlock and that another one i always think of is like will ferrell in old school when he goes in the trance you know during the debate and says all of this stuff he didn't know like i do think if rob like has these no you're talking about the
2: uh, the therapy session
1: no, 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 When he's doing the debate thing. Um, oh in, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. the end the end. Okay. And gotcha. he's like, Oh, what happened? You know, like <laughs> Rob has these moments where he does this stuff and you're like, where did that come from? You know? And like, even early in the first quarter, he had that little, you know, that he catches a pass and he's like, okay, dribble. And like a little floater in the lane. I'm yes. like, that's just a, that's a crazy right. touch shot. And like, that's a, that, that takes a lot of like feel, uh, and yeah. it's just not something every big can probably pull out of their bag. I think he's got stuff there. He just hasn't really harnessed it, you know? And he yeah. just, you know, um, so it's a matter of just unlocking some of that stuff. But he was great. No, yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned some that. the big,
0: big passing what a, in this one, too. What and the he made great
1: passing when he comes up high at that great back door to Jalen, you mm-hmm. know? No, but right I'm more again. into
2: him going the other way, right? Like putting when he has his uh, his his back to the basket, and, and he, I no, rather he has it, he's facing the basket, and he'll turn. You know, that was driving us crazy a month ago. This time a around, a little bit. I would say it was the first personal foul where he caught it, gathered himself, and he didn't turn his back to look to make a pass. He went straight up with it and got him to the free throw line and earned that the hard way. You know, I, I think that was part of his game, his offensive game that was driving me crazy. This past month, but he didn't even hesitate in that in that
0: uh, in that play
2: on that play. You know, yeah. with, with less than a minute left left in the game, that's a huge spot. You want to see more of that, you know, from Rob, you know, late in games.
0: And having the bonus there on the Vucevic foul is them going downhill a ton in this game shooting almost Absolutely. all their first shot ha- baskets at the rim. They got away from that a little bit in the second half, but overall they were pretty aggressive in this game, going at the smaller Chicago wings. The Bulls are pretty much out all of their defensive wings, and certainly they're two uh, good players with size there in ball and in uh, Levine. So they were missing a ton defensively, and the Celtics took advantage of it. They went to the rim time and time again. It was a great game to do the splits with the big men and have the ball in their hands. Uh, so you got a ton out of that. You certainly took it to them early and set a tone in this game. You held a lead for large stretches like Joe Sway said. They were going to make their run. They shoot 8-13 for that stretch where they took the lead from three. They were just knocking down everything. Io DeSumo was unbelievable. Oh, uh, so yeah, this is a good win. This is a rock-solid win, even though you, you're you supposed to beat this team and blah, 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 blah. You played well for most of it. You nearly blew it with some key miscues in the fourth but you got up on your feet you had that bonus late and you take advantage of a big break there on the foul call and walk out of here without even needing to run a late game set and they had to get a pair of stops there after that too a good one on Vucevic you got decent look and then you get the follow on DeRozan there so execution just getting better a win like the Pacers won a week ago a win like this one when you are getting to practice these situations again again John it's great right like this is where they're stumbling, and it feels like every single night they're getting a chance to practice this. They're not practicing, they're not doing shoot arounds. It's tough to replicate these situations. So it's great that even against a bad team, you're being in these spots over and over again. You'd rather have this than. A blowout win over one of these teams, you'd feel better about a blowout and just taking it to them. But we know this team's not. They've got to that. start. They have to start right, winning some tight, close games. So yeah, you'll right. take this. You'll take the
1: Pacers for sure. Oh, I had a blowout uh, again, guys. There goes
0: John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a
2: good point, Bobby. Because you, that's where you, you face those challenges that you're not going to see every single night, and how you respond obviously is a reflection of progress. And I think this is one of those. In particular, fourth quarter, where you can say the Celtics, they survived that, and that's a good thing. You know, obviously that huge run by the Bulls is not ideal, especially when you consider how well this team's been playing defensively. I mean, what they give up, twenty two points in the first like six seven minutes of that fourth quarter. I mean, that that wasn't that wasn't what Chicago was able to do throughout the entire game. But you got the sense that they were going to just completely take over. But the Celtics, they fought back. You know, and of course Tatum had a lot to do with that. But um, again, those those three consecutive stops. I, I thought were were huge, especially when you got guys like Vucevic and and DeMar DeRozan. When DeRozan was coming downhill, and he's you know he was lining it up in that second half, you know, and, and so was uh, the, the other shooters as well. And while the Celtics were trying yeah. to stop the bleeding, they were able to execute it on the other end, on you know, uh, offensively.
0: I'm sure we'll check where the sumo got drafted by the end of the night uh, and <laughs> see see if they had a shot there. But well, apparently if you
2: combine the the. the Two outings against the Celtics. He's like money. I think he's like
0: 15 to 16, I think is the number. Yeah, 15 to 15 16. 16 against the I, Celtics this year.
2: That, that's insane. I've never heard of such a thing.
0: I don't <laughs> I think a, so insane. many guys have
1: career shooting games
0: against the Celtics, huh? And guys like him, too. We've talked about that. It, he's deep off Chicago's bench. But he, he's, he's a good player. He's had a solid like year. That,
1: that's
2: why
0: uh, I 90%. do want to. Uh,
1: let me uh while you guys continue on here, I just want to make one programming note. Patriots game is over if you happen to be joining us just now. Uh, oh, so uh someone, I know
2: asked if the Bills just scored. Is this game still going
1: 47-17. Game is uh. over. I'll remind everyone we do have um a post-game show coming up. Evan Lazar is in Buffalo. He's gonna go grab some post-game stuff. My guess is around 11.45. about 30 minutes from now, we'll be jumping up, doing a post-game show. So you can literally probably this show finishes up jump right over to patriots if you're interested in a game postmortem and a season postmortem. i gotta pay my bills
0: apparently i gotta pay my light bills <laughs> yeah you'll be getting it's that sad. on the clns media YouTube it's the page. light get it's not the.
1: yeah yeah so again i gotta fix my i gotta fix my issues here i'll be right back it almost dropped uh, but yeah gee it, it was a bad
0: game you, man and we'll t- you, we'll talk about all of it you knew from the first drive oh, and then and they'll get to it but That was horrid, and it allowed me to watch much more Celtics tonight, which was good because this ended up being a game that you had to watch a lot of. Another close game throughout. Yeah, I'm gonna. We're switching over, you know. Well, they did, but then they went back. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to hear actually in the chat what people were watching. I don't know how long people held out hope on the Pats. I was probably like hanging in till halftime, and then the score after halftime, it was. It was clearly over at that point. Well, I was
2: cracking up when the when the um I think the Bills when they scored what was it I think it was when they were up by what was it thirty three or whatever around that uh, was it like a delay or something. Soon as the Pats fans went to the Celtics check on the Celtics, they had just given up the lead and they were down by six. They're like, oh, here we go. It was like you know, early in the fourth quarter, uh, when when um Eme took that timeout and that was the exact moment most Patriots fans were switching over. Like, oh, here we go, you know. is <laughs> the, the new America. era of the
0: Pats. Yeah. You can right. get punked and sent home on wild card weekend. I thought I heard too that this is the first wild card year for the Pats under Bill, which I guess it is, right? Yeah, they always won the division all those years, and then the year they didn't, they missed the playoffs. So here's life for the for the immediate future here. That just a brutal end to that season. But I, I do want to keep keying in on crunch time here because they're down six. It's three thirty three to go. The Rosen hits those free throws and they call a timeout. And I guess we'll key in on Tatum in his game now. This is probably a good time to take it over because he didn't do much down the stretch. It was more Brown, Rob, and uh, Richardson with some spot makes late. Schroeder, outstanding too. I'll give it to him. Like In terms of shot making and just willing them back into it, when you go down six there, he was the one who started attacking because Tatum, turnover after a timeout, playing in a crowd, throwing into the backcourt, uh, charging yeah. into a guy named Hill, who I don't really know. I know most of the players in the league. I don't know how. That was an easy
2: call to make, too. He plowed right into him.
0: On the second chance that Richardson got him. Yep. So then from there on, they, they get away from Tate. And Brown's got the ball in his hands. Uh, Schroeder's got the ball in his hands. And it worked from there. Schroeder gets the uh, alley oop to Rob, his seventh assist. Uh, the nice left handed layup that was really difficult. And uh, Brown ends up getting a shot on the inbounds after the uh, nice stop that they got blocked on transition there from Schroeder again. So Schroeder, Rob Brown, making it happen. And Tatum largely disappears down the stretch, let, at least let, offensively.
1: Let me ask you guys, you know, there's some cases where Tatum's getting his shots and they're not falling. And we've seen stretches of that. Is he appear that he's not getting the shots he wants or what's happening? Like you know, he, he I, he's, Definitely struggling on the tweeners when he's trying to get to the basket. He doesn't get all the way there and he has to put up some sort of kind of in-between awkward shot. He's not finishing those at all. Uh, he's definitely missing some open looks with threes. I mean, he had a couple early in the first half, just dead-eye looks. He had one from the elbow, you know, from the, you know, uh oh, he had, he the had break, all the time to from make the take break that. that he literally was like left, right all day and still doesn't. So the the stroke's still not pure, pure, but is he not getting to his spots where he wants to be to be operating and to, you know, to be doing the stuff that he wants to do? Like, what's behind a night like this? Because it looked like he was kind of in a flow early and you're like, this could be a good Tatum night, but then you look at the box score at halftime and it was six for 15. It felt like he was better than that. I was like, oh, that's not great. And then it just kind of, you know, it continued from there. Two for nine, second half, really not able to create much and do much at all offensively in the second half. Yeah, you he know, got
2: to 15 got to, really Yeah. No, I'm just going to say he got to 15 really quickly in that first half and yeah, I agree with you. You got the sense that he was going to have one of those games where he puts up you know 30, 40 points. Felt but, like it, right? Yeah, it did, but I feel like Chicago made adjustments on defense. I mean, with Tatum, you know, we've been saying this throughout, especially the first couple of seasons of his career. Where he was seeing like, the doubles again. Queen. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's seen the doubles and getting out of them quickly. And remember, he used to get, you know, go run to the corner. Well, he, he stopped doing that. But it's been one of those, you know, take a take a very contested three pointer, or or try to you know your plow, plow, plow through the lane and, and give up one of those floaters, or you are you going to give up another charge? I, like. I know his mid-range game isn't something that we sort of kept an eye on, but I think that's really what it is. I mean, he's just not comfortable, and or at least the opposing defenses uh, to kind of knock him off a bit. And I think that they made uh, they made better adjustments for the second half after they saw that he was approaching twenty points so quickly.
0: Yeah. Second quarter, he was 0- oh for six after that hot and. You know, taking a few more jump shots. I think only one shot at the basket after that. Yeah. He more than anyone, I thought, got away from what was working so well, well early the mismatches and getting downhill against smaller guys. Uh, third quarter, one look at the basket. Fourth yeah, the quarter in qu- the end.
1: All right. Just want to remind everybody about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022 new year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today receive your 50 welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code clns50 to get started from football basketball Hockey, boxing, UFC, your Vegas favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Once again, that promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The question is was he able One. to stay loose um, coming out of the game uh, or not? You know, maybe he went back in and he was cold. Josue, was he was he pedaling? Was he on that bike? Was he was he staying loose?
0: A bike watch continues. What, <laughs> is that was a serious he, question? Was he... <laughs>
2: Of course he was. Of course he was. And, and you know what too? Um I was, I was gonna point this out during the group chat, but he wasn't there as long as a Tatum usually is. But I think Al was over there for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Al got on the bike? Everyone's doing
2: it. Well, it was in the fourth quarter, and I'm thinking maybe he may want him to stay loose just in case, but of course he never he never checked back into the game. So yeah, I think it was one of those it, in case we go to overtime or in case I need you down the stretch, you know, loosen up a bit. So Is it too much never,
1: biking or is it too much biking again. or not enough biking? Did Al take valuable bike time away from Tatum? And that's why he didn't have a good <laughs> second half.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think that was it.
1: No? All right. But it did
2: crack me up because as soon as the southern called a timeout. Stay on
1: out, it, Joe Sway. That's what we send you down there for. As Soon as the
2: Suthex called a timeout though, he jumped off and went to run to the auto like I can't miss any of this. Like, you know, then that's Al, you know, that's the kind of leader he is. But it was just funny to see him uh him and him and Tatum switch switch roles there, uh with the bike with the bike approach. <laughs>
0: yeah. Al with his best game and well for a month too. Buddy. Al absolutely came nice to life. Came to life. Yeah. To life. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, we'll bike. we'll get to that. Hey, look who I, else I you got here. Yo, Sherrod. And we will it welcome gets more fun.
1: Yeah. Sherrod, the Patriots hear me pissed okay? me off so bad. I jumped, up, I jumped yeah, on I Yeah, man. You, you. you got us? I got I'm you.
2: i going to have you. I like this camera. Look this. at this. She's shining right now. Check you
1: out.
3: Hey, I'm trying to distract people from the ass kicking at the Patriots, guys. So I thought I was just going to change up my background a little bit here. <laughs>
1: that's, that's why I'm here. I couldn't watch anymore, Sherrod. I, was, I wasn't going to do the show. Because I'm you got, doing Patriots view later.
2: Now the viewers yeah. feel like they're, they're kicking in the stands with, you know, that, that's a great, that's a Listen, great Listen,
3: all, all I know is is the, the Patriots, I, I I blinked, and they were down two touchdowns. And then I checked back at halftime, and it was the largest deficit that they've ever had in a playoff game in franchise history. So I'm thinking like, shit, <laughs> we got to do something different for the post game so the people will just kind of distract. Rod, are you the near
1: up. the bike right now?
3: <laughs> he kind of is. Uh,
1: He's not too far. <laughs>
3: I'm not too far from the bike. I think the bike is is has been put away for the night. All
0: right. They uh, don't want anyone. I can use the bike that. right
3: now. I can use the bike right about now, man. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: this was a weird game.
0: This yeah, they're gonna they're, they're gonna they're gonna
1: get the bike lock for it. Sherrod, right? what are your thoughts? Because like I said, is undermanned Chicago Celtics looked like they were about to blow it, and then pulled it together late, which we haven't seen much of. But you're right, kind of a weird game. What what was what was, was your takeaway?
3: This was one of those games where if you're the Celtics, you really should have two takeaways from this game that you need to really hold on to. First of all, you won the game. That should be the big takeaway for you. Second, Chicago gave you the blueprint of what's supposed to happen when you got men out. Uh, They absolutely fought tooth and nail to the very end. And they've got like more than half of their regular rotation is out for this game. And yet they literally had this game won. I I wanted to uh, just, I don't know if you guys saw, but before the game Billy Donovan talked about just kind of looking up looking ahead to this game and he says something and I wrote about this on on full court press uh, he said we may not have enough tonight but you want to be able to walk off that court and know you competed at a level and control the things you can control if you are the Boston Celtics that is needs to be put smack yeah. dab in the front of every player's locker room that part. for the rest of the season because that's what you have to do in the days and times that we live in right now. In the oh, NBA. yeah. You, yeah. You can't you – can't, there's so, only so much you can control. That's all you need to worry about because that other stuff, you can't control who goes in and out of health and safety protocol. You can't control who slips on a banana peel on a way to practice and is out for a week. All you can control is the effort that you put forth when you step between those lines. And I thought Chicago – more for the most part did a much better job at that of that tonight than the Boston Celtics did. But give the Celtics credit. Down the stretch, they got all the big plays and it wasn't just the Jays. I mean, Time Lord had timely free throws, timely plays defensively, got them to win. Uh Al Horford had maybe the best games he's had probably in a month or so. Uh you start going down the line and guys did different things here and there, but the one thing again that, that I, I thought Chicago did a much better job of which is why they were in the game and, and really were in position to win it was their effort. Uh they played, I thought, harder for the most part than the Celtics. The Celtics great in the last two, two and a half minutes, but overall I just thought Chicago played a much
0: second harder half, game. Second yeah. half Chicago is better by far. You know, the Celtics built those big early leads, a massive advantage in the paint. I, I, you bring up the coaches is a good spot there, Sherrod, because I found it interesting the way both ha- coaches handled this game. Billy micromanaging things, calling timeouts mm-hmm. a ton just to get them set up right. There was even a play where they got blocked, and there was like two seconds left on the shot clock, and they called a timeout to drop a play. You just saw how much he was taking for granted, the fact that they were within a possession or two there, and the fact that it could slip, and they weren't going to let that distance increase there on a Celtics run. may getting pretty aggressive with it too. And I, I don't know how you felt about his kind of timeout run stopping this year, but uh, it was the 32nd mark of the third quarter, right? That I was, I was the best timeout he's called all year. That Wait, was what such was the, a pop of What was the issue? Was...
3: Well, they, I think they just given up a basket, and and he's I think he was sensing that that was the that, that yeah. was going to be the precipice of a Open quarter run.
1: three, but then they were in their offensive. They were running an action. It looked like, and then I, I, there was a. It looked like two three people were in the same area. It must not just liked how the play looked or something. They yeah. were just so disorganized, or it just was. It looked like they were out of sync. And I think he, called I. But I I wasn't sure if anybody knew for sure. It just looked like they were maybe a little out of sorts. And he's like, no 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 no.
3: I was so happy to see that timeout call because I because again when this is a team we've seen them do this time and time again where you can you can almost sense when they're about to be on the short end of a run and I, I thought Ema did a good job of nipping that in the bud before it could get going. Uh, th- this but again you, you had a team in Chicago in Chicago that really. Uh, there were stretches where you could clearly tell that they didn't know what the hell they were doing. At one point in the second half, you had all five Chicago Bulls players on one side of the floor. All five. And DeRozan (laughs) had the ball top of the key, and he looked to his left, and there was no one. And on the other side, all four guys were there. That's the kind of stuff that happens when you have a bunch of guys who aren't used to playing together now all of a sudden having to play major minutes together. But again, I go back to the, the Celtics did what they needed to do to get the win, but they really need to take a page out of Chicago Bulls playbook and understand that you need to come with elite effort so that you can compete at times of attrition, which is what they are going through to some extent in the Bulls, certainly to a much larger extent. Damn, is that yeah. the final? 47-17, is that the final?
2: <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. Damn. I was like, think they only put on 50.
1: You know Damn. what though? It was, it was, it was this close to surpassing what I thought was gonna be the greatest indignity ever suffered by a Patriots team in a playoff game, which was the Super Bowl 20 versus the Bears. I'm dating myself, obviously, but back in 85, it, well actually the year 86, but the 85 season, 46 to 10. They were down 47 to 10 in this one before that late touchdown. So this close to being surpassed. Wait,
3: you mean you mean that 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 they actually scored to make it closer? They
1: scored to make it closer.
3: Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it was
2: a rough day. I need another another
3: drink. It was rough.
0: Back to the, you joked about this, John. I, I want to click on the timeouts for a second and just the coaching here, because we, yeah. we haven't talked a ton about this in depth. I I think you joked earlier <laughs> that Eme should save all his timeouts for the fourth quarter. And yeah. Just- Calm, calm, calm The things are spiraling there. Yeah,
1: and so every minute or two, like as soon as it, – it's like what he did in the third, I would like to see in the fourth sometimes when you start to see it go south early, right. like bang, and then another one. Nope, bang, but yeah. Like
0: almost a one possession slipping off like a ten or whatever it is there. Yeah, you got to start – Don't let it
1: spiral. Be pre- it's, it's, you know, an ounce, you know, ounce of prevention, pound of cure sort of thing. Like get out in front of it. If you see something you don't like, they start to like get lazy, you know – uh, you know, jack of three early in the clock with no movement. Nope, don't like it.
0: Timeout, you know? Yeah, and I found it interesting what he said in New York last week about not wanting to micromanage the situations and calling plays and killing the momentum or you know, however you put it there essentially. What we've come to learn from him is that he's not gonna be the one drawing up a play every timeout, setting them up in sets. Like he wants us to kind of be free-flowing and allow them to create their own structure there. I just wonder if it's too early for them to be able to do that, if they kind of need their hand held a little bit here early on. And it felt like it shifted a little bit toward being more of a micromanager here in this one. Uh, you know, even on the baseline out-of-bounds play there, Schroeder to Brown, I don't know if that was kind of uh, just something that the players came up with there on the spot or something that, you know, may kind of signaled there. You know, I just felt more of like his hand being placed over this game to prevent them from blowing it in the second half.
3: That's a good thing. That's a very good thing, uh, particularly against a team like the Chicago Bulls tonight, who are so undermanned and just so ripe to get that ass with. Uh, and, and you you got you have to get these wins. Uh, mm-hmm. Every game matters, but these games really matter, not only in terms of improving your win-loss record, but also just kind of giving some of these guys confidence. I thought Peyton Pritchard had a good game. Uh, I, I thought he did a lot of really good. Good things out there, not just shot making. I know he had the one three ball that he hit that put them up four when when they had just had the one point lead. But yeah, I just yeah. thought that his confidence, his confidence overall, looked on a different. He takes level. some tough and shots. He, well, he, he takes tough shots, and I I don't I'm not as consumed about whether he makes them or not. I just want him to get comfortable taking those yeah. shots, and it seems that he's trending in the right direction in in, in regards to that. uh and and, and again, this was uh, again. Celtics, they did a lot of great things down the stretch. I just wish that they could figure out a way to bring that elite level of competition uh, in the face of attrition the way the Chicago Bulls did. Because the Bulls, when you look at their roster and you look at just who they had available and who they didn't, they should have got that ass whooped by 20. This should have been a 20-point loss. Uh, But I don't blame it so much necessarily on what the Celtics did not do, but I blame it more on the fact that Chicago came ready to compete and they weren't just giving lip service. And and, and again, I, I read you that quote from Billy Donovan before the game. Clearly, the message that he sent to his guys is that I don't really give a damn whether we win or loss, but you damn will better compete. I don't know if that message is getting through in that other, in the green team's locker room. I don't know if they're hearing that. I don't know if they're feeling that we may not win or lose a game, but damn, we need to at least be ready to compete from beginning to end because we don't see that. We just don't see that.
2: And I think that's a big reason why made didn't sort of bail these guys out. right? He didn't go deep into his bench. He didn't go you know, pull the guys when he didn't like what they were having. He's like, no, you guys need to figure this out in that fourth quarter, you know. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of what Sherrod just said, you know, a lot of the all-stars on this team weren't available. You know, guys were out for the Chicago Bulls. And here you are. Yeah, you held a, a lead steady throughout the first three three quarters or so, but it still wasn't comfortable enough for you to hold on to it, right? I mean, they had to really fight. And he may wanted them to fight, I feel like, you know. Especially in the last three minutes. Okay, here you go. It's a two possession game. You're down by six. How are you going to handle this? It? Because it's going to take you two, three consecutive stops just to even give yourself a fighting chance. And this something did that and, and more. And someone like yeah. Robert Williams, you know, going four for four from the free throw line with the, with all that pressure and, and this crowd and, behind him. I, and you I think see how those
3: free, you see how those free throws looked a lot better after the fr- the first two hit Dan in every part of fun. the rim, and yeah. it went and the second two all net. So yep. clearly
0: you know four in a row from a guy who's been really shaky in his career is pretty impressive you could see how happy he was too he was when he nailed the when, oh, when, that he
1: second nailed, one went. when he nailed that second
3: one he was
0: yep. like
1: oh you know like oh. got it you know like he knew it was a big moment he really wanted to hit him you know and for splash splash Good looking stroke, nothing but net on those on those two that gave him
0: those the lead and the eventual
1: difference. Yeah, you know, I you know what I think only that is, John? How
0: many he's taken? Yeah,
2: I think that's Robert saying, "I do this all day in practice. Now I did it here. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like I knew I could do it. Like, you know? Again, <laughs> I feel like he's, he's just, like, just... A, like a release. Like let's go. Like, you know.
1: You see, yeah. you see bigs with funky releases, and like you know, you see them fighting the ball. Even Giannis, like the amount of focus and concentration it took <laughs> for him, you know, to get free throws. He knows, like I don't feel right here, and I'm trying to get it. But like mm-hmm. Rob actually looks kind of smooth, you know. Like I, I think it's in there, you know. It's just he was you just know, born just to that play Alan this influence. game.
0: Yeah like everything's know, like everything's preset for him to be a great player It's just there and then he's just got to fine tune it become consistent healthy and like work around the edges like because the leaping ability the the outstanding it's length, gotten
1: silly right and like can we you know can we go back it's obvious again in the beginning of the year when we were saying like rob doesn't look right I mean, do, we do see the obvious difference now, right? When he's clearly got his legs under him. He, he did not at the beginning of the year. He's I'd jumping. I'd say a difference,
0: yeah. A monster yeah. difference.
1: He's jumping, and the ball's over here, and he's catching it. He, he's throw. It doesn't he's been getting matter. getting that
2: one hand down. Yeah. It
1: doesn't matter where you throw it. He's catching it behind him, to the side, to the left, with left hand. It doesn't matter. It's literally automatic right now. It's it's It really is something most people cannot do. You can basically put that ball up there anywhere and he's gonna go get it. It's it's unreal right now.
3: Right. And, and that's again
1: got- just the thing that comes natural to him. That's not even, you know I mean he has so many things you think he might be able to develop, you know?
3: And we're Sorry, not even talking about, yeah, and we're not even talking about when he's you know when he's not playing above the rim. I mean six dimes from your center. Love uh, it. And and again that's he's he's just such I The potential for him to be a complete all-around player is so apparent. I mean, you look at Vucevic tonight, and we talk about some of the bigs in the East. Obviously, Joel Embiid is at the head of the table, clearly. But then you look at Vucevic, you you look at Sabonis in in, in Indiana, and and you look at where Robs at, and he's younger than all of those guys. And yet, when you look at the skill set, there really isn't this huge. Well, Joel Embiid is a huge gap between him and everyone. but when you look at the, the passing, the, the scoring, playing above the rim, Rob is trending to being in that conversation with those guys. It's just a matter of him being more consistent. And to be frank and to be candid, getting an opportunity to do what he does well. Uh, I don't think this. I don't think the Celtics and the Jays do as good a job as they can putting him in position to help them be great. Because uh, that's the thing about this team that I, I that kind of kills me. I think Rob can be such a central figure in making all the guys around him better if you give him that opportunity to be that guy, which I don't think he's getting with any kind of consistency.
0: The passing's so natural, too. Like, you just give it to him, let him touch the ball, and they're starting to do this earlier in games, too. You, you look at the first five, six possessions of this game, it's kind of Brown-Tatum bouncing between him and the high post there. Just letting him get a touch, a so feel it, because he makes such quick decisions. He doesn't need to read yeah, yes, the boy. Exactly. You you the bang, bang. Bobby, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the quick decisions, Bobby,
3: right. That, the quick decisions, that's what the really good – Playmakers do They don't spend time lollygagging around I, They just make the damn play Oh, so that's, great. that's the great. thing
1: is like when we, when we, um when we talk about it I'm, and I don't, I'm not trying to turn it into a referendum of, of Jalen and, and, and Tatum, but we talk about what comes natural to people. Rob, despite the fact he's not asked to do it a lot, is a natural passer. It's clear <laughs> as for the things that you mentioned, he makes quick decisions. He sees it fast. He zips it right there. It's usually on the money. Uh, you know, he's got he's got it in him. He's he really makes good. He makes, he finds the lanes. His passes don't very often get deflected. Um, and then you see other guys and they're just not, you know, it's, and the timing of it is really everything. It's almost like a quarterback. You wait a beat too long and you miss your window, you know, and that's what it is with passing a lot of times too. If you don't recognize it or anticipate the opportunity, you're he's not gone. going to make the play. And Jalen and Jason are a lot of those times they're driving and then they'll look up and say, "Is there something to be made?" As opposed to seeing the whole thing develop as they're going, which is, "I've got this guy going, and if he comes and if he cheats, I've got the, I've got this over here, or I've got that over there." You've almost got to like see your options, so it isn't natural as much for them, and it really is for Rob. So you do want to see the ball in his hand sometime.
3: Yeah, and, and yeah. I don't know if you guys talked about it before, but uh, quick shout out to Dennis Schroeder for actually looking and playing quarter, sort of kind of like a point guard tonight. Eight assists, only one turnover. <laughs> I did. Oh, see coming. I'm
1: glad someone yeah. talked. I'm glad someone else brought up Schroeder because I didn't think I was allowed to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we 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 had a little bit of. A oh Schroeder no, statement. yeah, I didn't.
1: I thought it was okay to talk about him. I thought we could only talk about him when he had bad games. Dame Rondo
2: <laughs> out there,
3: he was good, man.
2: I,
1: Go yeah, ahead, he, Bobby. Put up the Schroeder graphic. I know you got one.
2: <laughs> we're
0: we're, we're going to dig for it. It's deep in there. Yeah, he's typing he it out right now. I he wasn't even going to
1: put it in there.
3: Let's get the I duster even... off here to dust it off. He, he he was good, though. I mean, obviously, he still, you know, drives me nuts with dribbling the damn ball too much. But he was a little bit quicker in his decision-making, I thought, tonight. And, and, and overall, had a much better had one of, I think, one of his more solid games in terms of not only scoring, but also getting his teammates involved. Eight assists, a one for. turnover,
1: a team high plus 14, what only not, only nine shots, yet Bobby still found something negative to tweet about him tonight.
0: In the first <laughs> half, yeah. In
1: the first half. He's like, did you see that play? I'm like, he almost pitched a perfect game for Dennis Schroeder, you know?
2: Me- like, meanwhile, the Patrick Bobby's like, in. when
3: he gave up two hits,
0: he's like getting at him. And, yeah. and John it's
2: just getting, flips out on the group chat.
0: <laughs> it's getting mad at a pitcher for throwing. He didn't a ball. realize. He didn't yeah. realize there was a string of Pritchard plays. I talked he about. He did. He did. He earlier. dogged
1: Pritchard earlier, and I missed it. I missed it. That was Pritchard unreal. a
0: minus minus twelve. I, put up the Schroeder I, graphic, coward. I fired up, I, I fired up the, <laughs> the Pritchard graphic. I got no. I got no use for it. <laughs> Don't pretend you didn't hear me earlier.
2: But put that up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a value no, to Pritchard. Schroeder
2: will there go is. on a string of like I mean, four good games,
1: and then he'll play a crap one on the fifth, and everyone will be like, Dennis is the problem. And it's going to go. <laughs> no, if Dennis,
2: he gets traded, team... that's what everyone's going to say. If he gets traded, Dennis... they go, oh, see? It opened up, it opened yeah. up the gates for Pritchard. It's like, eh, oh, not quite.
3: Dennis, a team high. And plus the minute 14. Pritchard has a bad game, it's going to be like, oh, we should have got rid of Dennis. This yep, is what yep, happens, yep, see? Yep.
2: <laughs> this is why you keep veterans. <laughs> 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 that's exactly what's going to happen.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, Love
2: pretty it. much. it's great. Love it. when, when you're <laughs> sorry, able
0: to get I'm him sorry. doing things that help you in a smaller role, nine shots, passing primarily, overshooting, it, it's great. And you see down the crunch time, his uh, his ability to get a shot off, a tough shot too. Mm-hmm. That left-handed was really the moment of the last four minutes there, what sparked the run essentially. I thought. It there's a massive value to it you can't deny it and he's not a complete liability on defense he can play next to smart and he can be a guy who competes on that end and plays hard on that end he has a steal in this one listen I'm tough on him when it's out of control and it's bad. And in this game, it's great almost start to finish. And there's been other games like that this year too. He has helped them immensely. There's no arguing that. I'm not one of the people on the far end of the spectrum who just think he stinks. If you think he stinks, I don't know what you're thinking. Because this is a guy who can clearly put up 15, 16 in his sleep, uh, pass, dribble, and do all the things you want out of your point guard spot. And they had so few options. I don't know the revisionist history about the offseason. Like, they could have gotten someone else, or they could have traded for someone. No, this was this was it, right? This was the only guy left on the market. Me and Gerard were in that's Vegas. That's the point. Yes. Free agency was over, and you just got this golden option for $5 million. That's the point. Yeah. The point so. is,
1: it literally saved it. And again, it was a talent-deficient team, and you added talent. You did not add the perfect player you know he is not the perfect player he is not necessarily the right fit but it was somebody to come in here and every once in a while do the types of things that he does that's it, 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 yep. it it's not worth having the argument of what he isn't I they if he was more than that some team would have signed him before the Celtics scooped him off the gra- scrap heap for five million dollars you know you got that's what you got you know right. it's you got an imperfect player who every once in a while will drive you friggin bananas you know but it is. It's also and, something and tried, that they didn't have. He's it's been doing that his entire career,
2: right? It's also a weapon that you didn't have last season. And you look at the backcourt, you look at the scoring, the production that we saw last season. Granted, Kemba wasn't Kemba; he was, you know, he was so banged up that he was unreliable. But at least you had someone to sort of make up for that point production, right? And, and, and you know, someone like That's Schroeder, key. who isn't, who isn't, well, is you know, yeah, you had he was he's in the uh, the traditional point guard and trying to get everyone the ball, but he's going to give you points, and give you offense.
3: Right, and, and you're, always, you're always trying to add talent where you get the most bang for your buck. If you, I mean, if you think about this, I mean, how many guys can you get at the price that you're paying Schroeder who can get you 15, 16, 17 points Seriously, a game? Seriously, in That's today's not, NBA? You know, right, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I had a conversation with Brad Stevens actually before the game, and we, we talked a little bit about the trade deadline coming up, and actually that is also on Uh, and, nice and Brad, you know, again, he his his approach is very similar. to to Danny ages, which is not a surprise to anyone. And and that gives me the sense that even though Brad wouldn't tip his hand, because no GM at this point tips their hand is what they're looking to do trade deadline wise. But I get the sense that he's going to follow a pattern that we've seen year in, year out that Danny has done, which is he's going to talk to a lot of people. He's not going to see a deal that feels as though they're going to be, you know, really getting significant bang for their buck. And they're just going to take a pass and try to get something done in the summer. Uh, And I think, to be honest with you, I I, I think that of all the different paths that you can take, uh, you're not going to make a deal to become a championship contender this year. So you need to make a decision as to whether you want to develop the young guys like Peyton Pritchard and Neesmith and those guys and develop, meaning play them in real NBA games and get their asses kicked and hopefully they learn from that, or you just try to ride this thing out with, with, with the guys that you have. Uh, and just see where see where things take off. Give Ime a chance to have the best talent at his disposal uh, as possible to, to give him the best chance of, of, of winning games. They have to figure out where, where they, they're going. What's the sweet spot uh, between now and the trade deadline? But I, I would not be shocked if the trade, down, trade deadline comes and passes and they do little, if anything, whereas come offseason, they look to do something a little bit more substantial and significant.
0: Well, Dennis is still the one, right? you got to address that somehow. If he's still here, you're probably thinking they feel they have some chance to keep him, right? Or do you just play it out, and if you lose him, you lose him? I don't love that idea of that. I guess the cost versus what you're losing there isn't great at the end of the day. You get a full season of him, and if he moves on, he moves on. I would like to see some kind of resolution to that, though. I just Either either he's part of the team going forward or he's not. If
3: you're trying to get something of value for Dennis, you know what that is? that's just being freaking greedy because you got him at a ridiculously discounted rate. So for him to leave and you not get anything in return, it's not like you had this huge ass investment in, investment in him for years. But and if you didn't... get,
0: if if you get two second round picks and you roll your eyes, I mean, the second round yeah, picks, but it's something hard. you can use. You've given that's up a absolute, million of them. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: absolutely. If you can get something like that, then great do that. But There shouldn't be this feeling as though, gosh, you know, they're going to give us two second-round picks, but, damn, we got to take back this contract that has, like, two years on it after this one of a guy that we don't really like. Those are the kind of deals that will just make you cringe if you're the Celtics 50 because they impact you both in the short and long term and not in a good way. The only way I'm moving, Dennis, is if you're getting either – a late first round pick, which has some, oh, some conditions. A couple of second first round pick. First round pick, pick. Oh, it's, first it's, round it's pick you're
0: like taking uh you're yeah. taking the Uber xl to Logan Airport. It's <laughs> that is like done. I'm not even
3: going to wait. I'll, I, if I'm I'm not even waiting for the Uber. I'm going to put his ass in the car and take him to my dad's. <laughs> I'm not waiting for Uber. But but reality, if you can't get something of decent value, whether it's a, whether it's a multiple draft picks in the second round or a first round pick, it really doesn't make a ton of sense. move him Uh, especially if you can figure out ways like this to get him on the floor and get pritchett some decent that's my
1: point yeah like i said is i don't see what you're getting by giving him away for next to nothing so to me it's either uh, right right if you're getting second round picks ride it out and stay with the player, or if you've decided you're going into not quite tank, but stripped down mode, and you want to shed some parts and shed some salaries and play the kids, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain about that either. Just make a choice. If you're trying to win games, you're better with Dennis. If you get a first round pick, you you can't pass up that opportunity. So decide what you want to be. If you're trying to win, you're better keeping them here. All um, right, there's no question the about it.
0: Is- Path to winning for them so tricky though. You feel good about a night like it's, this? And when they're the the but I don't feel good think, about it tonight. It, but it comes yeah. down to this. Like
1: the 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 circular debate we're gonna continue to have is do the Jays not have enough help and that's why they're struggling right now, or do they just simply need to elevate their games? And if they did, we wouldn't have we wouldn't be pointing to all the other problems as big a problems, which is Jason Tatum's just shooting horribly this year. Jason Tatum is not playing. At his best, is that because he's just having a rough year, or is it at the fault of everyone around him that there's just too much attention going his way? There's all these double teams, there's not enough floor spacers, people don't respect anything else on the team, so they can put all their attention, pack the lane, he can't get
0: where he wants to go. You I'm had sure that MB a- quote, John, the, the, the book's out on them, the book's
1: out, and it has been since last year. You know, when good, you know, good goes in a locker room, gets those quotes, throws them out there, everyone calls him a hater, but basically, every single 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 team you face says the books out on them. They're gonna ISO. This is before Schroeder got here. The Jays are gonna ISO, they're not gonna kick it out, they're not gonna move it to other people. You don't have to respect anyone else on their team. They're really easy to load up on. It's a slow, deliberate offense, so they're easy to defend. So, yes, the extra attention they're getting in the the fact. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And you and you know it, you know, whatever. You were there. Um, so the book's out. Ime says it about. Ime said it when he took the job. We're we're too ISO heavy. We don't pass enough. Our assist rate is really low. I want to change that. You have opponents say it. National media says it. But for some reason we can't fully acknowledge it. The question is: Is it fixable from within, or do you have to gut the roster and 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 go just get a whole bunch of new stuff, or is it just simply all of a sudden it starts to fall for Tatum, and then you're like, great, you can play. A, you could be an ISO heavy team if your guy, if Tatum is scoring like he was, uh, you know, pre bubble and. You know, post All Star break that year, when But he's, he's never, never been
0: a good ISO player. That's never he, been the that way. That year, he gets yes, it. but he's not right. But I mean, when he, yeah, but he had when, some
2: heck of a, you know, he had a lot yeah. of different weapons around him. But that's beside the point. I guess what I, what I was gonna say is, like, I think when you look at the roster and you and you and you consider what's going on with E-Man and his coaching system, and these are systemic changes that are gonna take a take a bit. But I think one of the biggest differences is gonna be whether it's the near future or whether Brad's able to put together some sort of trade before the, the deadline is that maybe these guys are going to see the difference when they, when they have better weapons around them. And they're going to say, Oh, okay. So this is, you know what I mean? The, you, you, you enhance those weapons around those guys. And then the system stays the same and they're getting better at it. And you're hoping that whatever deals that you can make to enhance this roster is going to be enough to make it a, a championship contender. But I'm not quite sure that happens this year, but whether or not that, you know, that comes to fruition, They have to continue to show that they can make guys around them better. That They can enhance players that wouldn't be enhanced elsewhere. And I think that's just something that we still have to figure out that they can do consistently, you know, regardless of who's around them. Enhance their their team. And they haven't even scratched the surface of that. But they're not.
1: And what's funny is.
2: They're supposed to be
1: elevating their game, you know. But what's funny is we're not even asking. When, when we talk about like moving the ball and making quicker decisions, no one's actually asking Tatum to get eight to 10 assists a game. They're just simply saying, move the ball more, get into some actions, move off the ball. And when you get the ball back, you'll, you might be in a more advantageous position to score than if the point guard hands it to you at half court when he crosses half court and then you set up. You everyone set up clears and you out. get really deliberate and yeah. everyone clears out, and every single the defense sets and is sitting there waiting for you. They're waiting yeah. to double, they're waiting to collapse. There's people in they're packing the paint. That sucks. That offense sucks. So, so yeah. move, so commit to moving it and moving your body and getting to places so when you get it back, you're in a better position than ISOing 50 feet away from the basket, which makes no sense to me. That's all people yeah, but, are asking. They're not asking them to right, be point forwards, right. I think that's what
2: drives us crazy, especially in that first half. Right? Look at the second quarter. I felt like the Bulls made it, made their adjustments, and the Celtics were trying to pick up their offense, which I thought you know that, that helped them throughout the first. But you're losing something on the defensive end. You know, like this whole like a uh, fast break style and up they when it's when it's rocking, it looks good, which is exactly what we saw in that first quarter throughout that run. And then you see that slippage on the defensive end. And then they can't defend in transition, you know, they, they start to uh, they're, they're like a step behind. And maybe that's the result of this being on the second night of a back to back, you know, coming from from the road. But, you know, in that fourth quarter, they showed the, the mental the right enough of uh, mental toughness to get through it, to power through and make the right decision. So we know it's there,
0: you know, I, I like yeah. what you both said, to, uh, getting off the ball to get it back to yourself. I think that's a huge part of what they need to do and what they've done when they've been at their best. I mean, run through it. Uh, lob to tatum in this one that was unbelievable uh, and yeah. this was just a great example of what you can do if you're both those players if you get on the ball when they were at their best in this one and just the shot selection of this team early like early early this was it was great to see them shooting a ton in the paint and even if you look at the shot chart you, know, you pull it up at nba.com for anyone um this was just all paint touches the threes. Yeah ramped up a little bit in the second half but early on you weren't shooting many threes you were just doing everything around you know, the paint beautiful you know what one basketball,
3: basketball, it was so beautiful
1: you know what one of so my favorite cool. stats that they put on the broadcast tonight was it had nothing to do with the celtics it was the chicago bulls lead the league in three-point uh percentage and bottom of the league in three pointers attempted Mwah. beautiful do that you know
3: Shoot
0: and that's it. what they did
3: early
1: You was know like what? And,
3: five
0: Shoot it
1: when it's a good shot. Don't just say, everyone's shooting three, so let's shoot 50. (laughs) you
3: know no chicago you can you can watch them watch the guys that they got up there now and see why they're the best team in the east the ball movement guys moving with that's it. getting the spots they're so when you they, take
0: the three it's a good shot it's
3: a good shot exactly it's literally the best shot that you could get in in that particular And that's off- the
0: antidote to having no shooting you don't just exactly. keep shooting and shooting and shooting and saying oh the shots haven't been there all year like he keeps saying it's like all right Look at the roster you have. There's no shooting here, so you're not going to be a team so, that should shoot and, a lot of threes. And that's why you
1: move the ball. Like I it's like you're working for better shots. That's the point of you're it. a really you know, good
0: team at the rim. The Rob's percentage, thing, yeah, percentage, The
1: hardest thing to do is to score one on five. Like, why do you opt for that? You you move the ball and you move yourself constantly to get in a better position. And there are teams. Yeah. Listen,
0: you you got to shoot threes in today's league. You can't like take ten in a game. You're going to be at such a big disadvantage but there are teams relative to others who take much less miami you look at what they do it's it's mid-rangers it's at the basket it's cutting it's all that different kind of thing chicago look at the game what he's been doing to drive them very little of it is three point shooting like john said there so you can make yourself a team identity wise that de-emphasizes threes emphasize them for the guys that can hit them like get tatum and brown secondary looks from those spots but drive and kick to grant driving kick to Richardson, to Schroeder, swinging along the perimeter. That's just not a style you can play because you don't have the personnel. And they're, they're starting to figure that out a little bit, I think.
3: Yeah, and, and to, John's <laughs> a little about Chicago, to John's point about the, the Bulls, I mean, think about it. They're dead last in three-point attempts, and they take 30 a game. They take 30. They're the worst at, at launching threes, and they take 30 a game. So it has to be part of your package, but it doesn't have to be the damn entree. It does not have to be the main course that you're serving up every night. Chicago Bulls are a great example of how you can still make it part of the meal, but it doesn't have to be the main course.
0: Exactly, and that's it. They're
1: a
3: good team. They're a really good team.
1: They're good. They man. Are. And again, I think they're you,
0: who you want to see, though, based on tonight. If you pick, I don't know how you can teams. come to that
1: conclusion when you played them without Levine and Ball, man. I, you know, we were talking about it on the thread. <laughs> I mean, this team can be so much more dynamic and
0: explosive it's and scary. athletic. They can, but you're you're the same kind of team. You play with them. You oh. play that side. I don't want to.
3: If I'm seeing them, I'd see them second round or maybe conference finals. I don't even want to see them out the gate. Well, who are no, you, you picking them. over
0: them? Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly. Uh, I would take. I would.
3: Philly, I would take over them. Brooklyn, you just you just never know what the hell you're going to deal with there. With Kyrie on the road and all that other kerfuffle.
0: And B's uh, why I don't want to see Philly. Listen, DeRozan's a great player. If he's your best player, that's who I want to see on the other he side. He's not your brand. best player. He's not your best player. That's Zach Levine is your best player. Yeah. And he's and, he and, play and he's playing at a higher he
1: level than both Tatum and Brown. And he has been for over a year. So And they have
3: a big man who can stretch the floor. And a and, big,
0: he's not a he's not a they defensive anchor. Have, a they have four, no. they have four they have four high end talented. They're a great players. team. But okay. listen, I'm not knocking Chicago. I'm saying they're yeah. not the Nets that they lost they gave up like a 40 to nine the only reason they they're the not is
1: because they're new and they haven't yeah. fully arrived <laughs> yet but and because you're not used to them there yet they might be maybe they don't do it this year there's no but they could they're, they' they don't good, have man. the kind of
3: talent of those other teams but i do believe that's that they're what, more that's of a team. Is, right. they're yeah, more of right. a team than those other teams have team more talent. talent these guys are more i think this uh, talent more of a team
0: i think they have plenty of talent a
3: second round pick the kid uh summer who's really good
0: They are. No, listen. This is the brutal position you're in when we talk about trying to win. You in the first round is the seven or eight seed because this is going to be a playing team. So you're the seven or eight seed. You're picking between Chicago and Brooklyn. And you look at those two teams when they're fully loaded, and it's not even close. You step in their series against Brooklyn, and you are not even sniffing a win. I
1: think the Nets and the Bucks are on a different level, but I think the Chicago is much closer That's to them. Chicago's much Chicago's much closer to the top than they are to the middle of the pack. That's, That's a chance.
0: The, the, Chicago's the only team you could get lucky against. Or at least compete for a longer stretch. Yeah, Miami
1: hours. scares the hell out of me too. But I mean, again, you're pointing Miami, out what, Chica- what Chicago has. I see some people saying in the chat, Chicago has no bench. The Celtics have no bench. Okay, guys. Yes, so like- well,
3: you know what though? Here's the funny thing about Chicago's bench. We <laughs> just are you saw Chicago's who's bench. bench.
1: About?
0: Yes, right. What are we talking about? We,
3: we, Chicago's bench just took the Celtics to the brink of defeat.
0: I know. That, that's that. Uh, their bench they're bench is what we saw. And you're you missing Javante Green, who's been good yeah. this year, as well as Derek Jones. So, yeah, they were brutally undermanned in we're this not even one. Talk, but, and
3: don't forget about Caruso, who I, I think oh, is
0: way, great. So and, underrated.
1: and a really good defensive player who will annoy and that And some, some
3: you a a of the is pretty good, too.
0: They were missing five rotation guys in this. Really? Who knows what they do with uh, Patrick Williams, who they could trade. Exactly. Exactly. With the
3: risk. Right.
1: Very quickly, guys, I just want to give a heads up. uh, A little programming note again. Patriots post game is going to be coming up shortly. It'll be on this channel after this show is over, but also over on Patriots press pass. So if you haven't subscribed, you want some Patriots content, head over there. Bill Belichick is at the podium now. They're really slow rolling this. It's been. They've been really slow getting to the podium after this loss. Haven't heard from Bill and Mac, but Evan Lazar is in there covering the post-game press conferences. We will have uh, a post-game on this channel right after, uh, you know, as soon as the interviews wrap up, my guess is another five or 10 minutes or so. Uh, So that's all I wanted to say for that one.
0: Celtics win the fourth quarter 30 to 29. There you go. And the way that was, that
2: started off, you didn't think that was going to (laughs) happen. yeah
0: guys i'm gonna boogie it. from i'm gonna
1: boogie from this show uh thanks for letting me uh crash for a little bit the patriots are depressing the hell out of me i gotta <laughs> rest rest the pipes up for some hardcore <laughs> patriots bashing that the chat oh, is gonna man. be uh the chat's gonna be ugly <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm gonna It is. it is <laughs>
0: <a> tough season <laughs> i'm, too I'm not ready
1: for it the the question for patriots i'll ask is whether or not And I'll ask anybody here who's watching who might join us later and something I'm going to talk about with Evan, whether or not any progress was made this year. Do you feel that this team's arrow is pointing up? I know they made the playoffs, but um, it's hard to feel good about uh, the way things went here, Um, especially when you see the level of some of the other teams who are going to go far in the postseason and how far away you are from those teams. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but I'll let you guys continue the good vibes with the Celtics and their win.
0: (laughs) You know yeah, what we're so. gonna talk about, John? Good night, John. Now that I'm in charge, we're doing trades. We're gonna talk a <laughs> yeah. little trade deadline a couple you of weeks. Can, out. Sh- you can,
1: you could you Schroeder bash all you want. All right, uh, yeah. I let's think, see. Uh, let's hear uh, think... your best Schroeder do. Now that I'm gone, you know, you you got you guys can boogie, but I'm 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 out. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, <laughs> right, man. Have fun the rest of the show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, John.
0: I yeah fourth quarter 130 offensive rating 126 defensive rating that's a, that's a good step for this group now i I'm, a, I'm off this game good win you needed it it would have been a disastrous loss if they blew it, it it's still and i i'm glad for i kind of talked to brad a little bit before the game about what they're thinking here and i'm i'm sure brad didn't say too much you know how brad is but I do wonder where his mind's at because something's got to change here in my mind, Sherrod, like this mix isn't great. The shooting's brutal. Uh, they got to start to have some long-term direction here in terms of. Sure. Thinking. And long-term.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the one thing that, that we, we talked about that we we're kind of both on the same page with is that the way this team has played has added a different kind of wrinkle to the whole conversations you have with other teams about your players and and their players, because you know typically, when a trade deadline is coming up, you're either playing really well, and you're just trying to tweak something here or there, or your team sucks ass, and you're just trying to just, everyone who's on your roster is up for grabs, and then you've got the Celtics right now where they're in that middle of the pack where you have games like this where they look really great, and then you have other games where they look like trash, and so it's like do we need more time to develop the guys that we have? Or do I need to pull the trigger and get what I can for the assets I have? Brad is still processing all that. There, there's no doubt about that.
0: You have uh, tax restrictions, too, to some degree. And, and, right, and,
3: and that's the other thing, too, Bobby, as you pointed out. I mean, there's, there's short-term gains, long-term gains, and then the financial gains. Mm-hmm. And all three of those things have this tendency to conspire against one another to where you're probably going to do something – that is going to help in one or two of those those buckets but hurt you in another. And so he's, he's still trying to figure out what direction to go. Because, again, this team, it's hard to figure out exactly what they need to do going forward because there's some things that they do well on some nights and some things they do not so well on other nights. It's just like they don't have an identity. And it makes it difficult to figure out exactly what you need to do to improve the roster well, you really don't know what the hell your roster can do consistently. So, but
0: let me ask you three questions, Sway, and you can answer them quickly. You don't have to expect yeah, too much in all these. All right. But are you keeping Marcus Smart? Are you keeping your picks? And are you keeping, let's say, Richardson?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Um. Well, it depends on how how, how big we're talking, right? Like the, a, a deal for a guy who's going to be a rotational player. or forget
0: forget Richardson, the young you guys. On. They're the third one.
2: Well, I was going to say Richardson could be could be gone, or, or you you you're going to see. Um, wait, who's the other guy you said before?
0: Let's go smart picks. And the young guys. Right.
2: Or it could be someone like Smart, who I think if that's the case, then it has to be a rotational player slash maybe a starter. I'm not quite sure the Celtics do that, though. I don't know. I'm not saying Smart is set in stone going to be with this team you know, for the next two or three years, but I, I don't know if they're going to jump the gun that quickly. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I, I, I think you'll see something that will... You'll see the Celtics part ways with one of these young guys. Like They have to start making those decisions now. And I think when you look forward... Uh, you know, the guys like Pritchard and Grant Williams, I think there's a good chance that those two guys are sort of part of the future, so to speak. But what about the other ones, you know, like Romeo and e. Smith. I think they have to make decisions on those guys. In terms of trading picks, I'm against that because the Celtics, they, that that bag is getting smaller and smaller, and you just never know when you might need something something like that for a bigger deal, for someone that could completely change your team. And you don't want to end up short in that kind of deal when you don't really have – the sexiest draft picks to begin with. So I would like to see them hold on to those, but um trying to f- improve this roster by adding uh, a shooter or a three and D guy. I still think is, it should be part of the plan for these, you know, going into the, uh, the trade deadline, you know, not, not an it's all-star a tricky so speak, thing. But it has to be a weapon that, 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 these guys can use. Otherwise you might as well just pick from the waiver wire and, and keep it moving from there. I think that'd be worst case scenario.
0: It, it, it'll be something very small if they don't extend themselves in some way. And that's either Smart, it could be Rob. I don't think, I think that's less and less likely the way his contract's set up and the way he's playing right now, frankly. But yeah, yeah, you start, if you want to keep Smart, you want to keep the picks, you want to keep Rob, like, you start protecting more and more things here. That's a pretty straight path to nothing happening here. And and they're already, like, even if you did include Smart and, you know, a pick and... Like, I think Raw is probably becoming a bigger and bigger asset for you, but you're already at a disadvantage, I think, in this trade market because everybody's thinking Simmons, right, Sherrod? Like, that's where all the assets are kind of lining up. That's where the teams that are going to be active to me are looking.
3: Yeah, but you know what, though? I mean, that, that, you're, you're right. That that's, that's exactly where most teams are, are looking for, which is why if you're the Celtics, you don't go there because that's where everyone is at. I, I think if you're the Boston Celtics, you need to make a decision as to whether or not you're going to make a deal that's going to help you short term right now, or not so short term like next season. I mean, one, one person I think that is, is certainly available, uh, but probably can't help you now, but might be able to help you next year with a more team friendly deal is a guy like TJ Warren indiana who hasn't played this year he's got the stress foot fracture but his money and marcus smart's money they align fairly close with one another and tj warren is a guy that he has a very clear and undeniable skill
0: that's where score. the tax comes into play though yeah. he's he's a free agent
3: exactly so i mean that's that's a guy that is in the last year of his deal a guy that has a very clear skill set that you could use and I think would be open to the idea of, of becoming a part of a team like, like the Boston Celtics. Uh, and, and you have the potential because he's in the last of his deal. Now the potential to maybe resign him for less next year, because again, he'll be trying to re up his value. He will be basically similar to Schroeder from the standpoint of he will be coming to Boston with hopes of playing well enough to get a bigger deal down the road. So you might be able to get him on a one year deal. I think you have to pay certainly more than you paid Schroeder, but he will be worth it. Uh, Because, again, he's got such a great feel for scoring the ball. And as much as I thought he was an easy pass defensively for most of his time in the NBA, uh, I I spent the last couple of weeks just kind of looking back a little bit closer at his numbers defensively. And he he hasn't been that bad. And I talked to some people in Indiana about him. And, you know, they were trying to convince me last year or not the year before. I think it was last year that he wasn't as bad defensively as he had been characterized as being. And. I'm still a little bit indifferent about that. I still think he's not a very good defender. But he's such an elite scorer that you can kind of – hes to me, in, in many ways, in many respects, he's like a better offensive version of Jabari Parker, uh, well, someone who, who can score but isn't the greatest defender in the world.
0: Here's the tricky thing about him. Go ahead,
2: Josue. No, no, no. I'm saying Dan, because this guy is making noise. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say – the tricky thing about him is the unrestricted free agency. You, you're you going to kind of need some wink-wink deal there that he's going to be involved long-term because you have to give up something for him, right? Like, Indiana likes him. Uh, he's a guy that they want to keep around. He's frankly, in the athletics, said that he he's willing to stay there. He's not even looking to leave. So, potentially, if he does end up settling down in Boston, maybe that's a place that he looks to establish the rest of his career after well, that. Remember, especially...
3: Kim- Kimba Walker didn't want to leave Charlotte.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
3: and, and they they knew, they knew exactly what it was going to take to keep him there in Charlotte and they were just like now nah, we're good
0: uh, I'm for he, it I like the idea because he's a guy who in the bubble was what 30 points a game
3: Oh my god he was so good and it, it drove great. me nuts because I was I was hoping he wouldn't be that good so people would just kind of still sleep on him because he, he's a, <laughs> he's such a I, I've been a big fan of his all, all the way back when he was at North Carolina State um, I like
0: it yeah because it's under the radar.
3: Yeah. And well, again, everyone is, is looking at Ben Simmons and that that's that can be one of those like low key deals that you look back on, you know, two, three, four months after the deal and be like, damn, that was a really smart deal. Mm. You know.
0: So. You want to get ahead on the crowd because there's guys everyone's talking about now, like Tyrese Halliburton and other breakout guys in the league now. Miles Bridges has become an amazing player. These are guys who a year or two ago, if you got ahead and were like, let's really take a stab at that guy and go all in and make an aggressive offer for him you might have been able to get one of those guys just because they weren't stars yet but you wait a little too long and all of a sudden DeJounte Murray who everybody loves in the chat here is untouchable I think I don't think there's an offer you can make Santa. so is Jalen Brunson
2: especially you know talking about names that are he's getting there too
0: yeah Yeah. I think Dallas looks at offers for him and are like we'll keep them you yeah. know like i teams like their own guys you have to get into a pretty unique circumstance to really get a team off a guy and you have to be pretty early and have some foresight that's my question on brad like is he gonna make some risky moves here is he gonna play it safe and kind of keep everything together here which i think is the worst possible thing they can do because even at their height right now they're seven or eight seed in the east and you're gonna play brooklyn and milwaukee and those type of teams every year round one and even if you really reach your ceiling and catch a break there you're not going anywhere so you have to be pretty aggressive and have some foresight right now to change this roster and i like an idea like warren because he could be the third wing next to brown and tatum for years to come the problem is you're gonna give up smart for him that's probably where you start. It would right? take that. I mean, yeah.
3: that's that's probably. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where you have to to look if you're the Celtics. Uh and, and again, it's it's a heavy price to pay, uh, because Marcus is such an important part of this team. But you've got to ch- you've got to do something different. You, you have to put chart. You have to get this team charting on a course that's different than the direction they're on now. And yeah. he, again, he's his contract is in that sweet spot where you could potentially move that. And get something of decent value, whereas, you know, uh, I don't think you're going to get a player with the kind of proven body of work that a Rob Williams has and the kind of upside that he provides. If you were to trade him, unless you put some deal together and get some guy like Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis or someone like that did it. That's a different story altogether. But players in their early to mid 20s with his type of potential teams aren't trading those guys.
0: Yeah, the tricky spot you're in, too, is if Smart's really the guy you're going to look to move, you kind of see the last night or two here how much they miss him as a point guard, as a defensive organizer, and that's tough to replace if you give him up for a wing. You need shooting. You need another wing right now, but you also need a point guard. So needing those two things kind of puts you in a tough spot here. I know you like Buddy Heald. I was just about about to say,
2: you know when it comes to shooting which guy I like for this team.
0: I'm very, very, very interested in what Sacramento is. Like that's the type of do. guy
2: who the Kings will say, Okay, we, we'll we'll part ways with this guy for, for less than we would two years ago, you know what I mean? Someone who's been in the league for a bit, and the Kings are sort of stuck right now and trying to restructure this roster and they're gonna they're gonna be willing to sell someone like Buddy Hill for a lower price than than they would have a couple of years ago, like I said, you know.
0: So I sent the group a a, a trade that I think makes perfect sense. Uh, I think it's Heald, Barnes, Fox for Simmons and Harris. Now that Philly's looking to move Harris too. That's kind of the slam dunk move, I think, for Philly at this point in terms of what's out there to hold the line because they could end up moving Fox later if they need to for Lillard or whatever they got to do there if they want to make a second move off of that. So I think that's a move that makes a ton of sense for both teams. But if Philly keeps Simmons and they don't view that as enough and Sacramento strikes out there, I'm interested if you could pick off heal their barns for something cheap you know they're they big yeah. big contract that team salary is huge and they're a 10 seed they can probably keep competing with that guy uh chimzy matu he's kind of their breakout guy on the wing right That's now right. so yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know could you just take healed salary here the tricky thing is is you're kind of tax restricted right now and i know uh going to move on and uh, do some other things there at the garden appreciate his time but i
1: yeah, i more you know, and more
0: i go ahead no i was just gonna say you know he sort of falls
2: in that same category like sure was talking about right because undervalued contract, yeah well undervalued and you know with, with the last year of that contract he's making 18 million which is in you know for the 23 24 uh season so you got a couple of years to, try, to sort of try to make this thing work and you got someone that can spread the floor you know uh, he can also defend a bit I, I don't know what these comments are talking about talking about 40 man my man's not even 30 yet he's 27 years old or, or he's
0: turning 28 rather but
2: you know he's on the, like I, th- I think i said that, what a month he ago, he's feels right...
0: so old though Joe Sway. doesn't he's he? <laughs> on the right side
2: of 30 okay it's not bad and and again he he checks the he checks that box of being a consistent threat from outside. Yeah, I know he's having a bit of a down year, but that falls in the Celtics' favor. You know that's how they essentially land landed a, a three and D guy like like Josh Richardson, in my opinion. Right. I mean, if Josh Richardson was who he was a couple of years ago, or if he had maintained somewhere near that, I, I'm not quite sure the Celtics would be able to. Uh, to, to sign him because there would be other suitors out there, you know? So, so and look what he's been able to do, right? He's having a, a career year from behind the three-point arc, which is something that the Celtics were hoping would happen. Maybe something he, similar happens with someone like Buddy Heald who hasn't been able to sort of prove himself on that stage yet, right? That postseason stage. And granted, the Celtics may not be going so far in that stage this season, but he could be a, a vital piece for your near future for the next couple of seasons.
0: If they just swap out some of the young guys on the roster, I'm okay with that because it's doing something. It's a forward-thinking well, move. I
2: don't know if you remember my package deal, but like you know, this is again, this will be. It's not a slam dunk, you know. This, this, the Kings will have to, you know, weigh out their options here. But and I know earlier I talked about I wouldn't like to see the Celtics trade uh, picks, but for this deal, this is this is the exception, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't have Marcus in it. And again, it, it's a tough sell. Hundred would... percent,
0: you can't trade smart for a guy like that.
2: Right, you can't. But but the sell on this on, on this trade is one, uh, the 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 future first. It would be two. Someone like Aaron Niesmith who they could sort of you know they're not completely committed. And they to like him, Neesmith. They have I a year that. to work with him, and they like Neesmith. And He can be sort of that Buddy Hield ish player that could replace you know who Buddy Hield was, I guess you know four or five years ago. And then you have you know uh, Richardson and and, and Juan, Quancho, um, um, Brendan Gomez. Gomez just to just to make contract match. But look, if you're the Kings. That all that money will clear after next season. So you're not gonna be big players this upcoming summer. But you know, next summer, you're 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 a big player, you have a, a couple of guys that you can decide whether you want to keep them or not, and you have a future first round pick. I mean, for someone like Buddy Heald right now in the stage of his career, that's not a terrible trade-off, especially when you still have other pieces that you can sell off or keep part of your future in uh in De'Aaron Fox and and and, and Barnes and Harrison Barnes.
0: Yeah, and I I think he's attainable. You know, it's big money over the next couple of years. He is pushing 30. They got to shake it up there. I'm not sure Neesmith, Romeo, and Wancho, let's say, gets it done. You throw a first in there, maybe they start thinking about it a little more. But it is the right idea, I think. Stack the salaries. Send out as many guys. Wancho, I think, is the centerpiece of this. And try to consolidate part of your roster into a guy you can actually use there. Because think of this bench right now, Joe Sway. They have, like... 10 guys they just don't use so try to consolidate some of that money because wancho is disappearing after this year you got to take advantage of that now uh you you certainly have a guy like richardson who could help out in some sort of deal like you have a lot of uh salary flexibility right now i was talking to someone about this on twitter they don't have great value contracts like they don't have players that teams really want but they can make a lot of different kind of deals just based on the fact that they have their own pick and they have so many salaries you can stack. So you can very easily, if you go to the trade machine, just stack up money and match healed, and that might be all it takes if the <laughs> that's Kings is exactly... looking to get off that deal.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's what that's what got uh, Hernan Gomez into this deal. Yeah.
0: So that's <laughs> that's what you got to look to do if you're Brad at this deadline. That's how you improve your team. I don't think you can give up smart for a wing. You just – you lose so much at point guard and on defense. Yeah, no, I wouldn't.
2: Especially someone like heels, you wouldn't – no, that's a a huge gamble. And
0: even Grant, who I love, Harrison Barnes, who I love, I'm not sending out smart for those guys because then you're just, I think, screwed at point guard. You can hold the line with Schroeder for a year, but when he leaves, you're really in trouble there. So smart, I think, for now, unless there's a big, big deal that you have a chance to do that brings in like a third star. And you send out all your future picks or whatever it is. That's where I think smart gets involved in terms of just like improving the edges of the roster. Unless you find like a young point guard, like Brunson, someone we've talked about that you can swap smart out for a little bit more of an offensive mindset than a defensive one. That's where you maybe trade smart too. But, I know a lot of people want to see smart gone. You got to be smart with it. Cause listen, he's not the most valuable guy in the world, but he's pretty valuable to you still. And just dumping him doesn't solve anything. A lot of people are like, get rid of smart. I for think who? you have to get something back for that's him. That's always yeah. my, my clapback for who, when you have someone in mind and it works
2: out and you can go through it, you know, and, and find out the details and make sure that it, 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 it clears and it approves on the trade machine. Then we can talk, but yeah, you know, Bobby, that's a good point. Like, no one is giving me a, a, a realistic option. I should say, because people have, people have given me some ridiculous options, with, which they don't even take seriously. And then they always they always end it with, "I don't know, just get rid of them." And I'm like, "Well, that, what kind of business is that?" You know, <laughs> like that's not. All even- right,
0: Patriots, Patriots press pass starting right now. The post game show on that disaster in Buffalo. I got a graphic here somewhere. They're getting on board so I'm not even gonna bring it up. You go, know, Clns Media. Patriots I'm tuning press in on pass. my way home.
2: It's going to be good. Evan
0: Lazar is going live with John Zanis right now. So bring your Patriots gripes over there. We are back on Monday for a 1230 game. Keep that in mind on MLK day. It's a 1230 tip off Pelicans and Celtics. I'm Bobby Manning. He's Joe Sway Pavone. We will see you then.